0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Now, this episode is airing the first weekend in December, and a lot of people are out Christmas shopping. So I hope everyone is out there having a safe and wonderful holiday. But I thought it would be interesting to delve into some Christmas season advertising, like vintage advertising from yesteryear. And I'm also working on a program at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum for Christmas time called Tales of Christmas Past. So, what wonderful fun it would be to have my friend Bobby Mathis join us! And Yay! that is exactly what's happening here. Yay! <laughs> Bobby is the president of the Union City Society for Historic Preservation, and she's been volunteering there for a long, long time putting on all kinds of programs. She also helps out at the museum, and she's taking part in the Tales of Christmas Past show that is happening in, in a few weeks. So we may also have Brian McCombs join us. We're not sure. He's working out some technical difficulties, but if he does, we'll let introduce him when he arrives. But, Bobby, thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. Welcome back. Always a popular guest for the people out there in Tales of Southwest Michigan Past well, thank, Land.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me back. I, I love being on your show.
0: Well, what could you just tell you, the audience a little bit about yourself? Maybe we've got some new listeners that aren't familiar with the Union City Society for Historic Preservation and what you do there.
1: Sure. Um, I'm the current president of the Union City Society for Historic Preservation in Union City, Michigan. I've been president since 2017, and it's been a wonderful experience working there and sharing the history with our our town. And it uh, was started in 1987 by Dorothy and Dale, Dorothy and Dave Everett and um, Carolyn and Dale Rice had run it for several years and just wonderful uh, events there throughout the years. And so um, I just started working there, and uh, we've developed quite a few interesting programs throughout um, the time we've been there. We've had Dead Man's Hollow, um, we've had Stories from the Stoop, uh, our Christmas time events, and um, we're always looking to build a bigger base, a bigger fan base of history lovers so it's uh you know a wonderful museum that uh has been in you know collecting getting collections we have a huge collection of you know jp palmer paintings there and we just like to collect the history and share the history with union city and it's been a wonderful wonderful experience so far i love it
0: yeah i got to take part in the event that you had this year around halloween the uh dead man's hollow tour and that was a lot of fun, and you guys were really well organized and you had a good attendance, the weather probably held back a few people but mm-hmm. it was uh it was quite a lot quite a lot of fun and a great yes. historical tour. People should take more advantage of those types of programs down there
1: yeah, you did a great job as sheriff Eddie
0: that's right, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> sheriff Eddie yes, so have you ever dug into vintage Christmas advertising and you remember any that maybe stood out to you growing up that you maybe saw in your time down in Union City? In
1: my time, like in yeah. my <laughs> personal experience, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, we always look forward to the Sears catalog coming yeah. out, right? Yeah. And so that was like, when you got the Sears catalog, you would go through and you'd make your wish list. Probably the kids uh-huh. today are like, what? You know, or JC what is that? Yeah. But yeah, you would go through a catalog and you would tell your parents, I want this, 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 and then, or you say, I want Santa to bring me this, 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 and this, and then, uh-huh. and then you would just wait and see how many things, you know, you would get off your list. And so for a uh-huh. 70s child, that was, that was an ultimate experience. I loved looking through the catalog and I thought it was, it was a blast. Um, kids today would have no idea. No idea. Yeah. What that's about.
0: I barely, I barely remember the Sears catalog. I guess it wasn't a big thing in my house, or maybe my mom hid it from us. Probably it
1: could have been. <laughs> it could have been another catalog. There were several that were around, right? Oh yeah,
0: so- I remember all of the catalogs coming in and doing Christmas shopping, even up until the '90s with that stuff. You know, um, mm-hmm. Lands' mm-hmm. End used to have this regular catalog they'd mail to people and. Right. For clothing and stuff, you know.
1: Some of the other ads, I have run across other ads that are interesting, like from the Union City Papers from the 50s and the 40s and the 30s, and just uh-huh. seeing, like, the big page layouts from, like, Brown's Variety Store and, you know, all the sorts of things that you could get there with yep. um, that would, you wouldn't find today. and the And the cost differences are interesting. And what people found, you know, just simple, like, yeah fruit fruit you can
0: just get fruit mm-hmm. yeah the hunting through um stories for this show and also all the time i spend going through old newspapers kind of like what you do for putting your programs together you you can't help but pause at sometimes at the advertising and i started looking at some of the holiday advertising when we were putting together tales of christmas past this year and you got suggested the idea and you guys said oh this would be great So I found, I've got some of the clippings here. Like, here's, don't wait too long. Come and see our beautiful assortment of fancy slippers for Christmas presents. L.A. Dudley, number six West Main Street. That was just one ad, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. I love (laughs) those old ads. Um, Brian found a couple. He was sharing with me earlier about cigarettes, how you could get cigarettes through for Christmas. People would send each other cigarettes, like pack, like there was one with Ronald Reagan that he had with and Ronald Reagan assigning the cartons wow. of I can't, Charlestons <laughs> or whatever they were and then Lucky Strikes. Yeah. Santa Claus is smoking a lucky strike. And yeah. so times are really different, you know.
0: Yeah. Well there was a lot of cigars that were given out at Christmas time too in the True. Back in the yeah. 1800s, that was there was almost like 11 or 12 different cigar manufacturers in Battle Creek alone. And it was really? a big industry. Yeah, it went, there was a big cigar manufacturer up in Grand Rapids, and I think they're still around. Um, but there was cigar stores, you'll find them in all of these small communities. It was a big deal to make hand-roll cigars. It was a big... Uh, big industry union
1: Union city had a couple ads that i ran across too Mm -hmm. about cigar making and how many we had here and and so everybody had their own local cigar shop
0: yeah
1: and uh candies
0: there's this one with roger a ranger and farley ad and they list all the things they have sideboards, dining tables dining chairs easy chairs couches and so forth at the end um, to fit everybody who lives between Poverty Point and Millionaire Avenue—that mm, was how they pitched it. That's quite a range, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like gets
1: everybody. That hits, that hits all the chords right there.
0: Yeah, and yeah, pasture your past your germ-proof filters.
1: Germ-proof no, filters.
0: Yeah, no better Christmas be for- gift
1: for yeah. for where would you have that you like your furnace your stove your I'm whatever I'm not sure
0: pasture it's spelled like That's, the pasture, pasture for yeah so it's must maybe be like something some... for milk milk maybe they were filtering raw milk through oh, that, that sort be. of thing
1: We used to have a uh, a creamery here that would um make make milk runs and stuff and uh-huh. obviously leaving leaving the bottles on the porches and you know Hitchcock dairy and All the things we had around here that would, you know, but in like uh, cases of like people storing their butter in like wells, like outside, Mm -hmm. you know, root cellars and things like that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Any um, stories? You mentioned that you had also a diary that goes Mm -hmm. back into some early history of the, is it the Union City area that you found? Yeah,
1: it would be um, the diary of Elmira Walcott Blossom. Mm -hmm. And she kept a diary for a year at 1872.
0: Wow. Okay. There's a lot happening in this whole region in that time period.
1: Yeah. This is the early days, just when Union City was kind of getting its, um, you know, building up. You know, they were losing uh, buildings left and right, you know, from fires. Mm -hmm. And so... Rebuilding, building up, but I think she lived out in the country with her husband, Lucius Blossom, and this was a diary, by the way, made by her family that her family donated to the historical society, and uh, it was put together by Carol Peterson North, and the mm-hmm. and the Blossom family. So I wanted to give her a little shout out, you know, in case okay it gets back around that. Oh, we're talking about her family's diary. No. Um, and she and it's interesting to read through the December portion of it. I thought we would hit, you know, the, the Christmas time aspect yeah, from the diary. If that definitely. would be okay, could I read a couple excerpts from the diary?
0: Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Let's do okay. it. Okay.
1: And the way she would describe the weather, weather was very big topic, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. So, for example, um, let me go to this page because it's got some interesting time. We'll, we'll go December. Uh, I'm going to look for December. Duh, duh, duh. She's talking about the quadroon, a book she's reading. And I wanted to yeah. find that book. Here it is. Um, here it is. Okay. December 22nd. It's mm-hmm. intensely cold out. So wow. she's reading and it's, it's very cold and how, Oh, how very cold it is. Things freeze right in the room. Only a little away from the fire. Wow. Sat sat up and kept fire until nearly two last night. This is when you had to keep your fire, you know, you had to keep it going.
0: Yeah, there was no central heating in the homes. It was all either a stove or a fireplace.
1: Or those bed warmers that you would heat up and you would slip in between your mattress and your covers. Mm -hmm. Her husband, Lucius, then got up and put wood in the stove twice before morning, which kept the room quite comfortable. But we have had to sit very close to the fire all day in order to keep warm. Finished reading The Quadroon. Have you ever heard of this book, The Quadroon?
0: No, not familiar with it.
1: It's an early um, uh, anti-slavery book. Okay. And I think a lot of the people in Union City had abolitionists, you know, so this It's yeah, interesting yeah. to see. And then the other interesting thing at the end of this diary is books she's read for the year. And I yeah. want to go through her book selection that she yeah. read. And it's interesting to see what people read back then. Um, so they're quite, she was quite well read. She was quite educated. Um, mm-hmm. She finished reading the quadroon but she did not care for it. So I'm not sure oh. whether it was just the writing style. And the, the quadroon was written by, it's also known as a lover's adventure in Louisiana. Oh, okay. And it was written by Captain Thomas Reed in 1858. So this is a book that's been around. Um, Hardly worth the reading, Lucius took Flora some pancake and maple molasses for her dinner, which she relished very much. She keeps about the same, does not gain strength very fast. It is nearly midnight, and I guess I will retire.
0: Wow, okay. So she had an ill family member there
1: quite a lot of ill illness in fact um yeah that was consumption tuberculosis Mm -hmm. things like that um and then the other one is that i wanted to share with you is the day after christmas if i can do that yeah that's great it's tuesday well it's the 31st so it's a couple days after thawing a little today well the year of 1872 has passed and gone and still God in his goodness has spared my life. So you can see she is uh-huh. very concerned with her health. While so many have been called to try the realities of eternity. As I look back over these pages, I feel ashamed to think how little I've done for God and how far I have come short of doing my duty as I should. How little I have said of God's kindness to me. It seems as if the path widens every day and that the ardor and love I once felt for God is fast dying out when it should be waxing or growing warmer and more strong every day of my life. Oh, why this indifference? I tried to pray and I do try to do right, but it seems as if the perplexities and vexations... I have to contend with with nearly every day of my life only tend to discourage me and lead me to feel that God has almost cast me out in utter darkness. But I'll trust on a little longer and try to be more sincere. Maybe the clouds will pass away by and by, and I shall be more happy. I will try during 1873 to live near my God. A little know whether I shall live to see the end of another year. And feel that there's at least there will be some great change with me before the year is more than half gone. And whether it be life or death, I hope I may be prepared and that God will be near to support and comfort me. This is my last hmm. chat with you, my journal, and now goodbye, and I may do better in my next one.
0: Wow. So she was really in a despair. And I wonder how much of that was the cold winter season season. Seasonal depression,
1: maybe.
0: Yeah, seasonal depression or the trials of life itself, you know? It Um, was so hard,
1: I think, back then. And here's her book. Ready for her book list?
0: Yes, yes, her book list.
1: Okay. So these are actual books that she read for the year. And I love Mm -hmm. that she kept a book list. Isn't that great? Yeah. Okay. Real Town Folks, Mm -hmm. Gates Ajar, Old Town Folks, different from Real Town Folks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: English Orphans, Meadowbrook, Darkness and Daylight, Beulah, Homestead on the Hillside, hmm. Macaria, Stepping Heavenward, and she's written next to it. Excellent.
0: Wow. What
1: Lena is... Rivers, The Quadroon, and Shiloh mm-hmm. or Without and Within. Hmm. So there's something for your reading list, Michael. You should check out Yeah, them I'll have the, to.
0: Yeah. I'll have to go when I go through the recording on this. I'll write all those titles down, especially mm-hmm. the one that she highlighted. Maybe that would be the one to start with. You know, but, excellent,
1: uh, yeah, excellent. But she talks a lot <laughs> about fab, fabrics that she's bought, things that she was mm-hmm. a seamstress. Seamstress, by the way, and she would do clothing for other people, so she yeah. was constantly making clothes for other people.
0: Yeah. There was, uh, books were very big. I mean, bookstores were very popular. They were big gifts at Christmas time. And if you look through a lot of the ads that you'll find there's always at least one that is referring to books or um, journals that people would you know blank journals were given away as gifts so people can keep journals, you know
1: Absolutely. So I think was, she uh, tried I think a lot of people did keep diaries, journals, and I'm so glad we have this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to start hunting down more of those and and probably work with the Willard Library on that because there's there's so much missing history on certain time periods that I'd love to learn about. It'd be nice to get your hands on, you know, somebody who was living in Battle Creek during that time, maybe running a business or something like that and have a journal or diary, you know.
1: First-hand uh, accounts are amazing to read. Yeah, like you can sense, yeah, what it was like to live then, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I found a diary of a Civil War that I did on um, Cornelius Byington when I was researching that story, and I found his diary. It was available at the uh, University of Michigan, something like that, or State of Michigan. And they had he had written three diaries. There was only one that had been scanned. The other ones are at the State Michigan Library, but I read that one. He wasn't a very wordy. I, maybe it's just what guys did. You know, he was. He wrote a few notations and stuff, but it was a. You could at least track his movements around the country from following his diary. Yeah, you know, there's one because, from
1: Colon. There's a really good one from Colon. If you read it's called the Estes Diary. Hmm. And that was written by a post-op. Post-op coastal worker and he would deliver oh, the okay. mail to everybody so he knew everybody in town and he knew all the town happening so if you're from Colon yeah. or in the area because my family's mentioned in it uh-huh. um, my great-grandfather is in that one and it's really you know it it's it's kind of bare it's not as um descriptive as this one but mm-hmm. it kind it does capture like oh this person was died or this person died or you know so he's he's got tabs Mm -hmm. on the town he's got his fingers on the pulse of colon and so it's interesting to see that
0: they were very well read and they were uh, very literate in terms of their writing abilities that was a big part of the school systems during that time and you can just see from i think that's her her style of writing you know
1: it's a big misconception that people were illiterate you know they were very well read
0: oh yeah they were very well read um and that ties in with christmas a little bit you know i mean if you look at the ads even the new old newspapers they were very detailed in their design and their artwork and um we're going to show some of that at the uh at the program in on december 16th another big part of christmas time obviously is charles dickens i um I recently rekindled. I was a big Dickens fan years ago. I um one winter I spent just reading Dickens after Dickens book and I was trying to go through his whole set. I got through 10 Dickens books reading, you know, over the cold winter. And um I just recently watched a film called uh what is it called? The uh The Man Who Invented Christmas and it's the story of Charles Dickens when he wrote The Christmas Carol. It's available on Amazon.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, and I watched
0: it. It's a great film, and it's uh, it just really captures his style of writing and when he wrote Christmas Carol, and he was taking it from people that he was running into in life. So it's very well written. Uh,
1: this was called the man who invented Christmas.
0: I think it's that, yeah something a title like that. It's on Amazon right now. Okay, you know, the man I'm who Check invented that Christmas? Out. Great film, and he talks about you know it's Charles Dickens' life. I'm in mean, it. And it's his early career when he wrote that um, book, like that, looking at the Charles Dickens um, list, he had had some successes, and then like he had Oliver Twist and the Pickwick Papers was his first book, and those had really put him into where he was touring America with Oliver Twist. And uh, and he came back, and then he wrote three books that were kind of not so sparkly as the other ones, uh, and it didn't... Like he wrote Nicholas Nickleby, The Old Curiosity Shop, and then Barnaby mm-hmm. Rudge and mm-hmm. Martin Chuzzlewit around that time, and he wasn't considered to be having a great success. And then the Christmas Carol was what he decided to put together a Christmas story, and he wrote that within a six-week period and really? had it illustrated, and so it would be out for Christmas Eve, and it sold out year after year after that, you know. And it kind of changed. And his goal was to change the way people looked at Christmas he and sure he did. certainly yeah he wanted to be, what's your, have be more your charitable
1: favorite? what's your favorite dickens book
0: oh i have to say david copperfield uh, just because the you know between that one and and um great expectations i would say but david copperfield is the one i always go back to if i were to reread him again mm-hmm. that's the one but you know it's hard to say the pickwick papers being his first book the magic of the pickwick papers can never be reduplicated when you read it because it's the magic when you read it the very first time. Absolutely. It is hilarious. It's funny. But the second time through, it's not as, you know, you're kind of, it's not so wonderful a surprise, but the Pickwick Papers is one of my really treasured favorites. I hopefully enough time has passed now that I can go back through and say, have some laughs again on it. But, uh but yeah, I, I I've enjoyed most of his work, you know, Um I've only mm-hmm. read like 10 of his books, but um I, you know, some of the lesser known ones like Hard Times, uh, mm-hmm. Martin Chuzzlewit. Char- Martin Chuzzlewit I found to be very difficult to get through. It was just to me, it was just like I wanted that book to end. And I think that <laughs> was the, that, that was the book that he was com- He was in the middle of releasing as a serial when um, he wrote a Christmas Carol, and they were kind of uh, there. Were, not everybody. It wasn't as warmly recepted, uh, received as his other works, and he was getting a lot of uh, criticism in the press for Martin Chuzzlewit. Uh, but, you know, his books, well, he wrote them as serials, so they were released chapter by chapter once a month in, uh, like, a news article at the time. That's Ooh. how the, a lot of those books were written. Like, if you look it up on uh, Wikipedia, they break down which ones were monthly serials or which were weekly serials. And Pickwick Papers was published on a monthly basis between April 1836 to November 1837. Wow. And so it was every month you would get a chapter, and that was how they, they published books back then. For some of the and Oliver Twist was done the same way between February 1837 and it didn't finish until April 1839. Wow! Um, there were very few books that he actually published as a novel by itself, uh, but The Christmas Carol, of course, came out as a novella in 1843 at one time, and so a lot of yeah, a lot of interesting.
1: Was that a hit right away? Did people recognize the value of its worth right away?
0: Yeah. Yeah, even his critics um, were um,
1: blown away. Were,
0: yeah, were blown away. They were suddenly the ones that had been beating him up about Martin Chuzzlewit and and a few of the other books that had hadn't been as sparkly as Oliver Twist and the Pickwick Papers. You know, um, I mean, I, Nicholas Nickleby is a, is uh, like his third book. Yeah, you, you read that one? Yeah, yeah I know Nicholas I was, uh, Nickleby. Yeah, I love that book, and I guess I, I would made me laugh out loud when I was reading it. It's one of those rare books is when he punched that, he stands up and he punches that school instructor that was just being a bully to some other kid. And I just loved, that was the, the most charming part of the whole book. <laughs> was that, then he ran off, you know. But yeah, Nicholas right. book. But, but there's also a common theme, you know, the uh, somebody struggling and then they make it right. rags to riches type theme and, on a lot of it. it so Nicholas Nickleby me- has some commonalities with david copperfield in a way and, and he
1: he also went i don't know if you knew this he went and visited um the same i think it was a prison remember that when he went did a walk through during a prison and he went and looked at all the conditions yeah. and that was the same prison that the first female spy um do you oh. remember her name she went through and she admitted herself to a mental institution. Um, oh. I know her name is slipping my mind right now, but she's really famous. She was an investigative reporter and she went through and she admitted herself to an insane asylum just to Mm -hmm. see what it was like. I'll think of her name after we're done with the podcast. But then he went through the same after reading her account, he went through and visited the same prison to see, you know, what he thought of the conditions. And it was a poor, you know, obviously it was horrific conditions, but.
0: Well, when he was a boy, his father was taken away to debtor's prison for about three months. So he had to go to the work. So he had to go to the workhouses himself to pay his way. So he was separated from his family working in the workhouses at a um, a blackening plant. Yeah,
1: A lot of trauma that... that kind of inspired his future writings and well that mm-hmm. would be yeah. it's probably not uncommon to have your father in a workhouse in a poorhouse. and
0: yeah you see him mention the debtor's prison and the workhouses in a lot of his works like oliver twist and david copperfield and uh, great expectations even in hard times i mean he really was he was very familiar with london and he spent a lot of time i mean that was where a lot of his settings were so his details of London during those eras was quite interesting, you know?
1: Right. Well, I enjoy, I enjoy reading like most, I haven't, I haven't read a lot of his books, but I have, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Christmas Carol, Nicholas Nickleby, Oliver Twist, things like that yeah. that are, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into his catalog because I'm ashamed yeah. of I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but I've always wanted to.
0: Yeah. And that was where I was at. I, I had, only read a christmas carol many many years ago and then i was reading another author that was just had an intro to a book um it was john irving i think it was i was oh, in all yeah. the john irving books you know mm-hmm. and he he was a, one of his Is books he? he has a collection of essays and he's talk he wrote an essay on charles dickens as being okay. one of his biggest influences in life did and john i became
1: write... i didn't mean to interrupt. did john irving write a pr- uh, owen meanie Yes. A, okay.
0: yeah, a Prayer for Owen Meany yes. and um, some of the other uh, books that were like um, uh, Garp, the Garp book. I forget the name of the full title. Oh, of Garp. Uh,
1: World According to Garp.
0: World According to Garp. Yeah. Yep. And all of those. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Setting Free John to Bears. Yeah. I read a lot of John Irving books and John Irving had a big essay that he did on Charles Dickens. He was actually asked to write an intro to a Charles Dickens Biography or something that, and so he wrote an intro and he had this. He published this separately and he really inspired me to dig into Dickens and just read it, you know. And that Mm -hmm. was uh, so. I started with the Pickwick Papers and started moving forward. Is that one Um, you would recommend to start with? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's totally different from his his other works, you know, because it's a collection of stories and it's this Pickwick group of eccentric old men that were. They're just hilarious, and it's just so fun. I mean, it's just a fun collection. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'm going to probably reread it again over the winter because its uh, I haven't done anything with Dickens in a long time, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And I also want to sure. read some of the other books that I haven't read, like uh, – Bleak House, which I always heard was mm-hmm. very hard to get through. and mm-hmm. uh, But I still want to go through it. You know, Our Mutual Friend is another one I've never gotten through. And The Mystery of Edmund Drood was the last book he was writing releasing his serials when he died, so it's incomplete. But, uh, but also Barnaby Rudge is one that I oh, missed yeah. early on, and I've not I want to read that story. But when I was doing a little research on some of the uh, Christmas advertising and themes in the Christmas papers, I came across this great article that was a dickens party that was held in 1875 mm. in Battle Creek in November looks like it was done on the 16th of November and they wrote about it on the 24th of December it says notwithstanding the inclement weather about 250 of our citizens gathered at the basement of the Presbyterian church on the 16th
1: well and
0: had it been pleasant weather we doubt not have that number above three hundred. The occasion of this meeting was the was the promise we had of there being the most the meeting of most of the characters mentioned in Dickens in his works. Many of our citizens and had never before had the opportunity of meeting these well-known characters. Ooh. And then it, then it goes on to prominent among the visitors. We notice was Mister and Missus Micawber. As you remember, the Macabers were the ones. I think they're from uh, David Copperfield, and um, another one is our old friend Fagin was there, and mm-hmm. the Artful Dodger and Charles Bates from Oliver Twist, and they were dragging Oliver Twist around. <laughs> uh, Barnaby Rudge was there, uh, Mrs. Mister Bumble and Mrs. Corney. I'm not sure which one that was from, and then the Pickwick Club, Mister Pickwick, and Jingle, were among the ones there and present. The Fat Boy, however, was present and filled the places. I think Fat Boy comes from the Pickwick Papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little, the little Marchioness. Uh, David Swiveller, Mr. Squeers, Mrs. Grumidge. This was
1: a whole cast of people that dressed up and did. There's I guess. Comes... I guess
0: it was like, yeah, I'd heard. I've heard of part, people doing parties with that. Um, I, I somebody years ago did a Bob Dylan song party where everybody had to dress up like a Bob Dylan song. Really? If you listen to, yeah, if you listen to Bob Dylan songs, oh, yeah. he's always got these characters and stuff. So yeah. Uh, this is kind of, I guess, probably they probably borrowed that idea from this idea because there's so many characters. I mean, they had the Nicklebees, and they had. Uh, and what year uh, was this? 1875. Really? So I'll send you the articles so you can play yeah. around with this it. great idea. Dobney with his wife from Dobney and Son. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of characters. I'm surprised they didn't have David Copperfield in here, but yeah, I think you have should have a Dickens.
1: Part. I think you should hold host one of these, Michael. You should have a Dickens. Get together. Have
0: to see, build a, I think we'd have to first build a Dickens fan club. And then yes, do you'd have to get like enough that. people
1: who are familiar with the catalog to do that.
0: Yeah. There's some great ones, you know. There's some yeah. good characters in all of those books. Like uh, I think Great Expectations um, has some good characters in it, too. Who do you and, see uh, yourself as? Oh, man. That's a challenge. Oh, uh, I would have to s- probably... Wow. I could probably well, go as Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> is a dark Scrooger. No. Uh, play, a Scrooge. Oh, um, I always wanted to play I always wanted to play Jacob Marley when I, you know, mm-hmm. I was in the Scrooge play actually in high school. I was in the uh, Scrooge play for and I was uh Bob Cratchit. Oh, and I can... we we did the the play uh for, you know, the regular plays and the Friday nights and stuff and then the teacher came up to us and says, well, guess what? We're going to be, end up doing it for the school, uh, the entire school, during the um, middle of the day before the Christmas break. So they had the entire school out there. And wow. Bob Cratchit, the way that this play was set, Bob Cratchit was the first one on stage because the curtains open and he's sitting at his desk. So There's. I'm out there and I'm behind the curtains waiting for them to open and I hear a rumble of a crowd like never before it was so big and when that curtain opened of course bob Cratch's first scene is he has to be nervous because scrooge walks in and yells at him so it was very easy to be nervous you know <laughs> right. i just 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 went with it because that was what i was feeling and i was bumbling Method around acting. and everybody yes. thought i was perfect because i was i was scared to death <laughs> but they
1: didn't know that but it was perfect yep. just, yeah i yep. yeah so, i don't know i i'd have to read a few to see if I could find myself in one of his books
0: yeah it yeah maybe do uh you know the old curiosity shop you know or something or Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of women there seems to be more men characters that are really standouts but there's a there's a there's some women i mean there's Mm -hmm. some of the characters with the macabres i mean they're they're so um they're so specialized it's like he took all of the bad elements of life and he made them in individually into characters in his work. So we could all say how, how like, mm-hmm. greed or how... Um, yeah, you know,
1: virtues and... and... Vir-
0: all the different virtues. Yeah. He would take all the virtues and make um, a virtue into a character to so really demonstrate that. You know? Yes. And then the, the heroes and heroines were tended to be the good people, but... You know, they also got a lot of strange characters along the way. Right, I'm sure you could learn
1: a lot, a lot from reading Dickens about life and and personalities yeah. and psychology and
0: norms. Yeah, and it ties right into the holiday season, and mm-hmm. which brings mm-hmm. me around to talking mm-hmm. about Tales of Christmas Past. Um, we've talked a little bit about the advertising. You were in Tales of Christmas Past. We have obviously some great. Company cast members dave eddie bob yes uh, love dave Dana, eddie donna rickman i mean uh, she those are they're, they're both the showstoppers in a lot of yeah. ways and then you know of course the um the macomb jill and brian macomb are just the
1: macomb combo yeah
0: they, they're kind of like the character actors yes. that just fit in with the the, the well-balanced humor segments and they mm-hmm. play off each other very well they, do. they try to we try to put them together whenever we can on stuff and they're doing a couple of bits together this year. Um, what was your most favorite part of the show last year?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, there were quite, I love hearing, like I said, Dave, Dave, I could listen to Dave, read the phone book. I could listen to Dave talk for hours and hours and hours. So anytime Dave would be, so from last year's show, what's my favorite? Um, let's see. I don't know. Um, kind of like the lord of misrule he was kind of crazy
0: yeah that was brian's own creation playing one of the characters from the story yeah
1: yeah that was a good one and i and i loved uh the interactions between dave and i between yes virginia there's a santa claus and i love the reading of the nightmare night before christmas i almost said nightmare before christmas but we don't want to do that one
0: (laughs) yeah the night before we may have to bring back night before christmas we were just talking about removing one of the longer segments and so maybe we'll replace it with that. And the special
1: different. effects crew you yeah. have is amazing. I love that you have those.
0: And they're going to be doing a lot more this year because we're going to have some backdrops and uh, you know yeah. sound effects. And, and yeah. they're excited. I've been working with them a little bit um, this week. I'm going to get, them, get with them, get their technical files to them this week so we can have them there for the dress rehearsal night and go through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's going lots to be a funny, fun show.
1: Yeah, lots of funny stories this year.
0: Yeah, a lot of different stories. Um, mm-hmm. to, Santa's toy shop. Mm-hmm. We found a good old story from Santa's toy shop that is uh, a lot of toys talking, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I, got a yeah, teddy bear or, and a lamb, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to see my best my best lamb impersonation.
0: That's right. Yeah, Bobby is playing a lamb, guys. So you got to come out and see this. You know. So, but this year's theme is stories from over a hundred years ago. So we went with anything before 1923 Mm -hmm. um, as the the source. And there's a few things that go back way before that. There's a story that goes back to the 1600s with the Lord of Misrule story. So that's an old one that's out there.
1: I didn't realize that was that old.
0: Well, it, it's set in the 1600s. It was written in the 1800s, so, oh, got it. but it's, um, yeah. How how accurate it is? I mean, it could have been the guy invented it completely out of whole cloth for all we know. But it supposedly takes place in the 1600s, you know, during mm-hmm. in England in an English court. So it's a it's, interesting look at Christmas and Christmas yes. tide, you know. Yes. So.
1: We'll look forward to hearing it again, seeing it again.
0: Yep, so this is a show, folks, I've been mentioning it a lot on the podcast. It is happening on Saturday, December 16th. It's at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum, which is located at 307 West Jackson Street in Battle Creek. And there's two performances on that Saturday at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. And this year we have an intermission between each show to give everybody a chance to interact with the cast and take a break before we go and finish up, but we've got a lot of great stories, poems, and it's really just uh, an event that will put you into the holiday spirit. And these guys work really hard on bringing back the uh, the fun of the old stories that are lost to history. And it's just um, this year we're doing a whole segment on vintage Christmas ads from the holiday season. And yes. to me, that was the one that I was telling Dave that's going to be the hardest one to get through. I think because we're all going to yeah. be laughing. You know, you they
1: are hilarious.
0: <laughs> and yes. um, Dave does not promise that he's not going to laugh, so we're going to have to pinch him or something. But uh,
1: I would, If he starts laughing, then I won't be able to stop.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so,
1: is Mocha but, uh, going to be at this event?
0: No. Well, it's kind of hard <laughs> to have a dog there. Yeah. But uh, there is a Santa dog story that <laughs> Donna Rickman is reading, the story of the dog that played Santa. So that will be part of the advertisement. And, uh, yeah, so that's something people can look forward to. There's some good stories there for kids, I think, this year. Wouldn't you say there's uh, the squirrels Christmas? And
1: a a babushka?
0: A babushka, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, babushka. There's a lot of uh, the squirrels Christmas. There's the dog that played Santa. And, of course, Santa's Toy Shop. And a really fun one about a scarecrow. Yeah, that gets, a, that gets a dolly. The scarecrow mm-hmm. gets a dolly. So mm-hmm.
1: they're all great stories. You you do a really good job of picking out a nice variety. That are yeah. they're wonderful.
0: Yeah, it'll it so should be a lot to of you. fun. Yeah. yeah, well, kudos to you for <laughs> bringing to life some of these wonderful uh, characters that. Uh, that haven't been heard from in a long time. They're waking mm-hmm. up from their slumber in these shows. So Right.
1: Well, I'm in the yeah. Christmas mood. I'm in the Christmas spirit. So I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm ready. getting I'm getting, getting there. I'm getting there.
0: I've been working on it. Yeah, working on it this weekend, you know. Hanging out Thank with you. you guys. Went to your yeah. great open house. Do you yeah. have any other programs coming up at the Union City Society for Historic Preservation down there yeah. for if- December?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. We um, also, besides our Christmas wassail that we had last night where we give tours of the Hammond House, um, uh-huh. there is a Christmas tea. So if you're Ooh. into tea and lots of good food, um, savory and sweet um, snacks, and obviously tea, um, that's going to be hosted at All Things Serenity, which is our partner. Uh-huh. Um that Paula DeJong has a yoga studio in union city and it's an event center that she uses and it gets, gets us away from the Hammond house, but it's a little bigger to spread out and sing songs and Christmas carols. And there's going to be a craft that you could make there and take with you. And um, yeah, so there's going to be food songs, singing some, some, some crafting some just, just good fellowship to celebrate the season and, when is the uh, date
0: of that in Union City?
1: That is December 10th. I think it's a Sunday. Let me check because last time I did a date, I had the date wrong. So I want to make sure uh-huh. this is correct. It is December. December 16th is our thing. Right. So December 10th is okay. the Christmas tea. Yes. And I believe it's 1 to 3 p.m. Okay. And it's... um in union city and it's on high street and if you come downtown right right downtown on the main drag um at the end of where it's right across from our library the union township library so if you go across the street it's right there it's in a beautiful uh, building that used to be our fire hall used to be the old fire and then next door was a blacksmith station so those are two very old so if you'd like to see some old buildings in the interiors that's that's a mm-hmm. good building to see it's she'll have it decorated very beautifully and we're looking forward oh, wow. to it
0: well i've heard a lot about that place so I'll, I'll probably put that on my calendar to go down and see it just because i'm curious i want to see yeah. the, the old fire station building there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I see they took
1: the, you know all the good the, there used to be another uh building next to it that had the um the the siren that would go off the bell mm-hmm. that would alert the whole town right and then and then that kind of went away but that's that's gone now but it's interesting i'm glad they preserved it, it used to be patricia palacco's art studio there oh okay She used to do um things that used to be called the Goth center for people that were around when claudia fisher and jim fisher okay. were doing antiques in union city and they yeah, renovated the, the family building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Goff family is huge. In fact, if you came if you came to our Riverside Cemetery tour, that meteor has the Goff family name written on it.
0: Right. And so, Patricia Polacco is an author of several young adult and children's books. Right. From the, yes. Centered around Union City, but there's some other stories that are maybe outside of the area, maybe Southwest well, Michigan.
1: And then she yeah. just did a book about Willard Library.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And I think she's been promoting that book as well. So, wow,
0: I'm we're glad to have her,
1: her, her, her uh, intelligence and creativity in our in our town. And she's she's very blessed and talented. And she tells a mm-hmm. lot of stories that are well illustrated, but have a lot of good. She has a babushka story, in fact, too. Okay, tying, tying into that. So, yeah, if you get well, a chance, maybe... you should should check out that book as well.
0: That sounds great and we can uh maybe we can try to have some of those babushka books for sale at the night at the Christmas. I'll have to check into that and see if that's yeah. available. It would be a good but, tie-in
1: uh, to your event.
0: Yeah, cuz she's got mm-hmm. a lot of very nicely illustrated books, folks, that are just really good reads for kids and they're just wonderful adventure stories and and they're connected with local history, so it's really uh mm-hmm. A great collection. So I'll have to get with the museum and see if we can get a get some of those on hand for that. Yeah, night. she
1: would but, probably uh, really appreciate that.
0: That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on, Bobby. It's uh, yes. always wonderful hanging out with you during the holiday yes. season. Where we always seem to cross paths and do all kinds of great adventures together.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, we uh, love history, don't we?
0: We do. We do. And I think yeah. the history guys, like yourself and Brian, and all the other folks that we work with at the different museums we're just kind of a niche group of uh, fans of history. Mm-hmm. You know? So we just mm-hmm. have to get out there and it's uh, it's fun to work on projects together and bring history to people. So
1: absolutely.
0: So if you have a link on your um, open house or the, the event that you just described, I'll put that in the show note okay. descriptions for people. Sure. So send that to me and yeah, then I'll put the link. Thank you. Yeah. I'll put the link where people can buy tickets if they want to get tickets to tales of Christmas past and definitely come out and see Bobby as the lamb. And, uh, the... <laughs> She's practicing her bi. Yeah, that so. wasn't a
1: very good one. I'll keep practicing.
0: <laughs> well, you got a little bit of time, so.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's great having you on. Thanks for joining me again today, Bobby. Uh, Bobby Mathis, I've been speaking with Bobby Mathis. She's the president of the Union City Society for historic preservation. They have the Hammond House Museum down in Union City and they do a lot of historical programs in the area and they're very much into preserving history here in Southwest Michigan. And she's always been very helpful with the projects I have up here at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum and I do what I can to support what she's doing down there and keeping history alive for a lot of people for future generations. But that's going to do it for today's journey through history. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating or review on whatever app that you are listening on. It always helps to get new folks to come on board and listen to tales of Southwest Michigan's past. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past.